Welcome back to What Are The Odds. This is take two after a devastating file corruption. We've bounced back like our favourite football teams. We do it all over again. Uh, last pop was great, actually. Last pop was probably the best pop we've ever done. And so, uh, shout out to File Corruption. You've ruined my night, but we're gonna we're gonna go alright. We're gonna bounce back like the best teams do. Bounce back ability is the key to all successful franchises. So here we go. I'm just staring very intently now at the recording, hoping it gets past the 90 second mark. Because if it doesn't, I will absolutely throw up like David <laughs> Parkin. But anyway, on to happier things. Barrel, how'd you go with your featured bets last weekend, mate? Um, my best bet didn't get up with uh, Essendon and Kilda. Neither team could kick straight, so I fell uh, eight points short of the overs. Collingwood did win, but that was not really taken seriously because I tipped Collingwood. Uh, that was $2. My value bet, Winburn got up at 21s and 6s the place after destroying half the field. And Zimbabwe got cheated out of uh, my shout the pub bet. So, yeah, it was a good day. Finished well in front. And, yeah, good week, I think. Nice. So two points to uh, touch on there. Uh, when you said your value bet destroyed the field... You don't actually mean like by length of margin winning. You actually meant he, that horse actually almost destroyed other horses. Yeah, it done had it in a pocket, and to be fair, it was travelling pretty well. I think it still would have been the finish had it got out cleanly. But it was stuck in a pocket. Done tried to push it out, and in doing so, cost himself eighteen race meets, and nearly took it. Luckily, didn't take out anyone, but could have done some serious damage to horses and people in the race. So he gets adding race needs, but he doesn't lose the race. No, because it didn't affect, well, depending on who you do it. So when, it, when it's a protest, um, the horse has to be finishing, or say that what it did would have affected them finishing in front of Winburn kind of thing. Yeah. So, so Kawhi, which was a race favorite, you know, still finished wherever five, six legs behind. It had to argue that had it not been bumped, would it have won still? And I think Winburn was still travelling well enough to, like I said, to be in the finish. But just, yeah, it just gets 18 meets suspension and that's it. That doesn't seem right. But no, it doesn't seem right. It's still collected. Zimbabwe versus Sri Lanka. Uh, talk us through the contentious moment that you think cost the Zimbabweans the game. Uh, day five, uh, Sri Lanka needed about 120, 130 runs to win. Dick Weller outstumped. Uh, square leg umpire goes to third umpire from India, who, even though his foot, his toes are actually on the line, but nothing is behind the line. And on the Cricket Australia website, if you want to go have a look at it, you can clearly see nothing is behind the line. And to the bewilderment of the batsmen, the Shambhavian players, the Zimbabwean coaches, while well, he streak, he was given uh, not out. And from there on, they dropped the catch a couple of overs later and they fell apart a bit and Schwanker just got over the line six or seven wickets down. Yeah, and now Zimbabwe have to wait another four and a half years to play the next test match, but, you know, no hard feelings there. Yeah, well, they haven't won one, I think it was since 2001, so... Yeah. Long, long... Long time between drinks for the yeah. Zimbabweans. 
Uh, my weekend, not too bad. Tigers back on the, the bandwagon, had the uh, tyres pumped up and the wheels nicely aligned. That's uh, heading back to a, a top five, top four finish, hopefully. So got the money there on the line and overs. Um, was severely let down, however, on the uh, NRL multi. Uh, had everything going for me. I had I had the low scoring slugfest on the uh, Friday night. I had Brisbane just pantsing the uh, the Knights. So we're all looking for a nice $30 payoff. And then the Warriors just do what the Warriors do to me every single time. Going into halftime, they're only down by uh, five. uh, By six, sorry. And we're like, that's okay. They'll come back. And come back they did. They scored two tries quickly in the second half. Mark Beauty is going to cruise here to a nice casual win. I'll cash in a massive multi. And instead, they let in three tries in the last 10 minutes to watch it fade away quite slowly. That was the weekend done. And they're on my they're on the blacklist now. They're just done. Whereas, sorry, you're not getting better on ever again. You've let everyone down. You've let the whole NRL community down ever since Sean Johnson went and joined you. They just you just haven't done it. Every year you're gonna come make finals, you're gonna win a premiership. Yeah, you're pretenders, go join Port Adelaide. Uh, no thank you. West Coast. West Coast, North Melbourne. You can all go to Tasmania and form your own little pretenders sports league. segment so coming to this time of the year there's plenty of new sports starting up or we're heading into finals in the other leagues so we've got the NBA and the NFL about to kick off same as the EPL and the A-League and obviously the down under comps are reaching their run to the finals so we're going to start our segment the crystal ball with our predictions for the AFL ladder and also the AFL finals so obviously number one's the place to be so we're going to start there Barrel, who's your tip to finish in the number one spot 2017 season? Well, on the AFL website, I went through Predictor. Didn't change the 12-point margins, but I had Geelong sitting on top. There you go. On equal or clear points? I had them clear by two points, so obviously that draw. Yeah. But yeah, they're clear again. Cool. So I've got Adelaide on 72 points. They're six points clear. So obviously got a bit of discussion there. Why are Geelong getting up and not Adelaide? Well, I've got them to... Oh, it's a pretty even game to, uh, this Friday, and I'm waiting on teams before I make a judgment call. But given the few injury concerns to Adelaide with uh, Jenkins, Lever, and Sloan, and even though John might be missing Dangerfield, I'm still got them beating at Adelaide probably this weekend. And then they play... Carlton, which they win. Sydney, they win because they're playing at Simmons. They beat Richmond at Simmons. Uh, They beat Collingwood at the MCG. And then they should really beat GWS at Simmons again in round 23. So I don't see them losing another game apart from maybe this Friday night. There you go. So the Simmons factor playing a big role in Geelong's success again. Uh, I've got Adelaide at number one, six points clear. So I have Adelaide win at this stage on Friday night. Then they play Collingwood win, Port Adelaide win, Essendon win, Sydney at Adelaide win, and the Pretenders West Coast at Domain, which is a win. So they don't lose again from now on. And I'll finish, obviously, six points clear. 
But given how tight this this year's been, I know it's pretty hard for us to do this. Yeah. But I do think. I mean, they did it two weeks ago against the doggies, where Adelaide rested a few players. Yeah. Uh, your green and they beat the doggies by seventy points. Well, we know where the doggies are at compared to Adelaide. But I just think that teams will start resting players, and Adelaide will probably do it more so with a few needles to like we heard. You know, Tom Lynch has had, you know, um, a virus. Jenkins has now got one. You got Chad Lever pulling out a bit sore, slowing it, knocked out. I just think they might rest a few of their key key players, make sure they're right for the finals. Chris Scott's already said he'd do the same with Dangerfield. If it's not right this week, why playing when they've got bigger fish to fry? Yeah. So I think they're more likely to lose a game resting players against a Sydney or a, a Geelong. But you wouldn't rest the players against Sydney or Geelong. Like, that'd be proper injuries. No. You'd more likely to rest players against, like, a Collingwood or an Essendon. Yeah, but then, yeah, they rest players that are travelling away, which obviously gives them a greater chance to lose as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's where I came from with that. Yeah, fair call. Uh, third place team. So you always had you had Adelaide second. Had Adelaide second, yeah. Yep. And you had Geelong for second. Geelong second. So that, that's the top two sorted. I had GWS for third. Yep, same. So GWS on sixty four points. Adam on sixty. So yeah. Yep, but yeah, similar path to the funnels there. <laughs> I think this is where it starts getting a bit controversial, doesn't I it? I think so. I've, in fourth place, I've got Port Adelaide on sixty points. I've got Melbourne. On 56, a game clear of fifth place, fifth to ninth, or fifth to tenth, actually. Yeah. I want to say. So quite similar themes here in terms of the uh, the mess that is positions five to eleven. But uh, for mine, Port Adelaide finishing fifth. Um, just I think oh, for some their draw is quite soft, so they they've got that advantage there. They play Melbourne this week, which is a 50-50 game. Then they play St Kilda at home. They lose to Adelaide. Then they play Collingwood, Bulldogs, and Suns. So they've got at least four wins there in their final six games. And I see them pretending their way all the way to the top four, unfortunately. Well, I think Melbourne got a similar sort of draw, maybe a bit better. They play North. Uh, they do play Jerry West, but it's in Canberra. Uh, they do play St Kilda, Collingwood, and Brisbane in the last few rounds as well. I think Melbourne, before they lost Viney and Jones, were leading all the key indicators that you need to win to be a good side. They're playing good football. They're beating good teams. They beat Adelaide, and Adelaide. They did lose uh, Gorn, Viney, and Jones. You know we got Gorn back now. They also lost Watts, Salem, and Tyson. They're slowly starting to get those players back, and I think they're they're a real smoky. Apart from probably two other teams maybe three other teams I think they're the only other team that could possibly win the flag so I think they got lots of upside whether they're still a bit young so to play one back for the audience there Barrel has just said that Melbourne should be considered in the bracket of flag favourites yes. continue yes uh, that is ridiculous but continue I think they got plenty of upside and there's different than plenty of upside in winning the bloody flag yeah but I think when they get the players back they need and with what they what they were producing in that run of form they had, that they're the team that could be the outsiders of the top two or three to win it. And I'm the doggies two point oh. That's yeah, that's my opinion. They might, and they definitely got again next year. They'll probably be even better. But I think that they could in such an even season with the way it's going. They're the team that could possibly jag one to Hawthorne two thousand eight doggies last year kind of thing. So. Yeah. 
No, fair call, fair call. So we'll move into the uh, second half of the top eight. My fifth place team is Richmond uh, on 56 points, uh, a win clear of 6-7th. I've got Port, so... Yeah, so you've got Port just obviously on the wrong end of uh, Saturday's result against Melbourne. Uh, Richmond for mine, again, pretty good draw, uh, depending on varying levels of Richmondiness. Uh, tough one this week against GWS, which they could snag if they're, if they're lucky. But then they play Gold Coast, which is a win in my books. Hawthorne, which Hawthorne are playing good for you at the moment, but it's one that they should win if they want to play finals. Or, yeah, high. They're going to play finals, but high, high position finals. Uh, they play Geelong at Simmons, which is a no-go. They play Frio at Domain, which they'll win, and they play St Kilda again, and there's no way they're going to get beaten by St Kilda again because... Damon Harbuck should be fired if that happens, I reckon, because that was some bathwater antics there a couple of weeks ago at Eddie Hat. So. Do Richmond generally travel pretty well? We do, unless it's, unless it's finals. <laughs> we went up to Sydney and beat them to make finals. We went across to Fremantle to make finals. Okay. Just yeah. as long as it's not in our in, in in finals. finals. Okay. But yeah, in general, we travel well when it's uh, yeah when the pressure not right on us. Yeah, you're one of the teams that, along with about six others. I've got you know uh, finishing anywhere between fifth and eleventh. Um, like I said between fifth and tenth, I've got the same fifty-two points for Port, Sydney, Essendon, Richmond, West Coast Doggies. Sydney's probably the only other team that can finish top four, but I think they've got a pretty tough run home with. You know, they play Geelong at Simmons Stadium and then they play Adelaide at Adelaide Oval, which you probably see them as two losses, which probably cost them a top four spot. Yeah. But they could also finish top five, top six. And they're probably, they're, they're my flag favourites. They're, they're the team I've got winning the flag all the way through. And Adelaide, Melbourne, Geelong, the other the other three teams I see can win it. Yeah. So I've got Sydney uh, finishing ahead of Melbourne on percentage on 52 points. So that's 6th and 7th. And then on equal points is uh, Essendon and the Bulldogs. Uh, Essendon get up on percentage, Bulldogs miss out. And then West Coast and St Kilda, a game behind them on 44 uh, to round out the rest of the pretenders. Can so, we, go on. I know, you. Yeah. I was going to say, pretty much from the top four or five down. Pretenders. There's, there's, there's no one like... I know you... No, I, I, top six. So my top six, Adelaide, Geelong, Giants, Port. Well, Port, yeah, Pretenders. Uh, Richmond, Sydney, and you reckon Melbourne. That's the top seven. That's a pretty decent year. That's most years. Yeah, but I, I don't think, I think other than uh, Port won't win anything. Essendon, no good. Richmond, no good. GWS depends on, you know, players available and what sort of GWS wants to turn up. Adelaide, Geelong, and then obviously Sydney. And most, like I said, my Smokies Melbourne, but there's a lot of teams making up. I know this this year's been pretty even, but I think there's a lot of teams making up numbers. Nah, nah, for mine, the proper pretenders are Port, Essendon, that's it. The other six are. You don't have West Coast in your own. West Coast finishing 10th. They've pretended them way way out of the finals. Yeah, they do play a few games in Melbourne, so that. And the same with the doggies, they're still hung over in ninth. The nice hangover position. Do you want to run through your predicted finals results as well and go full hot takey here? Yeah, full hot take, why not? So I had, obviously, Geelong finish first. They play Melbourne in the uh, qualifying final. Uh, they win that. Uh, I had Port 
played Richmond in a deja vu game from a few years back at uh, Adelaide Oval and had Port to win that. Port did not win that. Like, you know for a fact that Port did not win that. Okay. Richmond went, like, form, you're all about squads and form and that kind of stuff. We win, like, Richmond win that realistically. No, no. Um, <laughs> and, you know, at the moment, I'm, I'm really against Richmond at the moment because of what they did to me on Sunday, so... <laughs> There's a lot of hatred at the moment for Richmond, and I'm sorry for that, but just cop it for this week, and I'll be back to normal next week. Um, so you got Sydney Eston for the other elimination final. I've got Swans obviously beating the Dons, and then you got Adelaide GWS in the other qualifying final, which, again, I have Adelaide winning. Then my semi-finals was Melbourne Port and Sydney GWS, and I have Melbourne and Sydney winning those. And my preliminary finals, Geelong versus Sydney, Melbourne versus Adelaide. And then my grand final is obviously Sydney versus Adelaide and Sydney to win it. There you go. Pretty, yeah, end result there, I think, is the way to go. A Sydney-Adelaide granny is pretty good, uh, pretty good bet. And Sydney to win the whole thing is a delicious bet. They're paying six bucks currently on the uh, premiership market. And you uh, would go hard past to... Uh, Hard pressed to go past them there, I reckon. Well, we've both been on the Sydney bandwagon for a long time. Yeah. Even when they were zero and six. Zero and six, I was being lined up. Zero and yeah, just keep 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 backing them in. And e- injuries. Even when Hawthorne beat them, yeah, we, we were still back him in. We still stuck stuck fat and. Uh, and about to make us hopefully we're like it. geniuses. Exactly. Um, yeah. So obviously, as we said, plenty of tight games there. So starting with this weekend. It's going to be a pretty clear indicator. There's a couple of, in inverted commas, eight-point games happening this weekend, so we'll have a look at those right now. So to start the footy forecast for round 18, we've got... And the probably the best game of the weekend, Adelaide versus Geelong at Adelaide. What do we have happening in this one, Baz? Well, I don't want to go too hard on this game because, like I said before, I really want to wait on teams because of obviously. Well, we did get a big in. We got a big in with Rory Sloan in. Rory Sloan's definitely playing. Yep, I'll bring it up here on this uh, lovely contraption. Adelaide star midfield Rory Sloan says he's confident of overcoming concussion and playing Geelong on Friday night's AFL blockbuster. That's still 50-50 for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, 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 I don't uh, care what he says. However, however, he has told Triple M that he hasn't had a headache since the incident happened. Congratulations. Well, he, you know, he did think Bernie Vince was next to him. He did uh, pretend the man of mark and everything while he was 50 metres away from the ball. The play had stopped and Tex Walker had to pretty much kick him off the ground. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with him then either if you, you know, listen yes, to that slide. there you go. I think uh, also, just on those, uh, Jake Lever apparently less likely. This is a very descriptive article. Thank you, uh, AAP. And Josh Jenkins uh, should be good. Well, I'm still thinking at the moment from my mails that those three won't play. Yeah. And Dangerfield won't play either. And there's a bit of a rumour going about Joel Selwood. But you would have heard if they flew up yesterday, so you would have heard if Joel Sell didn't fly up. So I'm assuming he's playing. But obviously with Danger out, Sloan Lever, and Josh Jenkins out for Adelaide, it probably evens it up a bit. Um, I reckon Geelong will probably do some more work on the Crouch brothers, which would make it very interesting to see how they go because obviously Sloan's been taking all the all the the miners at the moment and nullifying him. And which has allowed the Crouch Brothers to step up a bit. 
Adelaide's midfield still is wor- still really worries me. And the fact that Melbourne last week had more inside fifties and stuff like that is again worries me a bit. They're both the highest scoring teams in the comp, and with Lever out, I just think that leaves uh, Adelaide a bit more exposed down back. Um, not side note on that is that the, the last few times they've been playing since 2012 it's always been a small forward from John that's kicked the most goals apart from sorry Tom Hawkins did kick four last time but still Menzel did kick three uh, Bartels kicked multiple goals against him before uh, Chapman uh, Motlop as well so you know obviously the small forwards of Geelong do worry Adelaide a bit as well yeah uh, do you reckon because they're likely to match up uh, at some stage in the finals there's a bit of Mousy mousy going on here, and they're keeping the cards. Like obviously, this game doesn't mean much in the context of their long-term season. Yep. So you reckon they're going at, they, like the conservativeness on playing these injuries and this kind of thing is a bit of keep your card to the chest in terms of the coaches and the coaching staff. Or yeah, look, Adelaide have already rested blokes last few weeks. Geelong, Chris Scott said today on the radio that he would have no worries about resting players if they weren't one hundred percent right. With bigger fish to fry. I mean, they're both sealed up the top four, probably pretty much almost sealed top two positions. Um, <clears throat> and Geelong did come out and make a big statement against Adelaide at Simmons last time. They, they laid that, it was the game I'm pretty sure they laid all those tackles and yeah. Yeah, yeah. 120 or whatever it was, something ridiculous after they caught pressure a week for being soft. It's not often you get Geelong at $2.70, given they're the top two team playing against Adelaide, who are probably missing a few. And I think Geelong at the moment probably probably win this. There you go. Um, I'm leaning towards Adelaide. Again, depends on teams. I just think Adelaide at, Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval is a pretty hard one to bet against. Um, but this one's probably me leaning towards either an unders bet. So the uh, under overs for the total is 179. And I feel like if they're, if they're missing their key players on either side, kicking 90 points each is going to be pretty difficult. Um, especially with Geelong being such a structured team in defence. Um, but most likely I'll just uh, sit back after a long week and just watch two teams go at hard pro probably. Yeah, it's definitely not something you want to... I said probably unders over is probably the only thing you touch, but or maybe you find, you know, Menzel, Motlock, Parfit, kick most goals for... Or even any bets, I suppose. Steal your thunder a bit probably. I think you're about to come up with that as well. But... Um, <laughs> You know, the small forwards generally in these games because they're more contested ball gets kicked in long and what to more packs and stuff than, than probably open spaces so you know that's when the smaller players come into the calculations for most goals yeah definitely so from the highs of uh, the 1v2 to the lows of Essen versus North Melbourne uh, do we see any action in the first game the matinee game on the Saturday well Essen they need to win this don't they they do. If they lose, then they, they they really risk missing out on finals. And obviously North, you know, second bottom. They've been showing a bit recently. Um, but again, you just can't tip North. I, I know you, you hate them and, and I, not massive. No, it's not that I don't hate North. I just don't think they play any good football and they shouldn't be a club anymore. That's what I feel about North. <laughs> well, I actually haven't watched... I don't think I've watched the North game this year. No one's watched the North game. No one, no one goes to their games. No one watches their games. Like they may as well just play reruns of Mash on Fox <laughs> Footy during North games because no one's watching it. Well, Send them to Tassie. Richo, Richo will go down and be head coach. The Rewalt brothers will go play the end, end of the end of their careers down in Tassie. 
Had half games at Hobart, half the games at Launceston. They only play away games at Eddie Had, so the North fans can still go. Problem solved. <laughs> but until then, like, you know good North. It shows how much I've been watching or haven't watched this year because I saw that Ben Brown was in the top five on Saturday night. I don't know if he is now because other forwards have played, but Ben Brown was in the top five for the Coleman, which says, you know, a lot about probably North's team. And, like, he's a good player, don't get me wrong, and, and, but he's not really an A-grade He's not over at forward, no. So he's carrying the he's, if he's carrying the load of the scoring, you know that no one else is scoring. Yeah, so that's not a deal. On, that's re- not a deal on Browning. That's that's a deal on North. Yeah, they, they rely on their midfielders to kick goals when Waite and is not, and obviously Mason Wood and uh, a few of the other boys to kick goals for him. And, but he's been he's kicked forty one or forty two goals for the season, so good on him. The big curly hair. Um, after getting stuck in Essen last week about being below average tackling team in the AFL, uh, I think they're five or six below the, the AFL average. They actually beat St Kilda in a tackle count by 18. Mm-hmm. They laid 19 tackles for the game, but that's beside the point. <laughs> it was a very open brewery game, but they did lay more and it was still below the average though. Don't get, don't get carried away yourself yet, Essen fans. But surely... That, that might play into the Ruse style of footy because they do like the handball. They're second in the comp for handballs. So they do like to run and handball a lot. And that's the style of footy they play. So if they don't have the pressure on the ball carrier, you know, from Essen's tackling point of view, maybe they might be able to break through Essen a bit easier. And Essen are generally a, 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 you know, a kicking team. They like to move the ball by foot. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I, I still think Essen and win. And, but it's a game I won't be touching. Yeah, definitely. Won't be touching this game either. But interestingly enough, North are like a poor man's Collingwood. So if you look at this like head-to-head, in all the stats, they essentially beat Essendon. But there's nothing that suggests to me from their body of work this year that they, they, they're going to beat the Dons. Other than the fact that they might be due for a win. So they had some pretty calamitous losses. Goldie missing the big sticks. Um, a pretty soft performance against the Suns. Um, so they, yeah, they could just be they could just be due if you believe in that kind of you know teams get up and teams get down and you know luck and that kind of stuff. But yeah, based purely on form and quality and, and stats, yeah, Don's get up but with no confidence. So no money laid here. So next game heading across the G, Melbourne versus Port Adelaide in the eight point game of the round. What's the uh, predictions here? Well, it's, it really is a massive game. Like, if Port win, they probably don't get knocked out of the four. Melbourne probably want to win so they can still make the four. Uh, so Melbourne, before they lost, I mentioned before, before they lost Jones and, and Viney, they were pretty high up and I think they were leading the contested ball and you know, a few other indicators for you know stoppages, clearances and stuff like that. Once they lost those two, they really dropped back to the pack. They got done um, by Carlton. They got smashed by Carlton, actually, I think. And they broke pretty even with Adelaide. And I think Port had the better inside mids. You know, it's, uh, salt and pepper. Um, you know, he should be he, he should be talked about more as a rising star winner this year than the other two blokes, Burton and... Um, I can't remember the other bloke's name, but he doesn't get the, 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 the kudos he deserves... Uh, to quote Jared Whateley on 360, you know, he is a gun and should get more notice from the media in the AFL. I think what Jared Whateley was saying, that if you look at his stats compared to Joel Selwood, he is equivalent to Joel Selwood at what he did at the first season at the Cats. So that's a pretty pretty big rap for the kid, and I think he should get more 
I said kudos and more media Definitely. coverage. Interesting enough, so uh, Sam Powell Pepper was uh, the round one nomination, currently at $3.25. It's equal second favourite with Ash McGrath and Ryan Burton, the runaway favourite, at $1.70. So even then, like maybe the best odds for uh, this game is actually go Sam Powell to win the Rising Star because, um, yeah, $3.25 for probably the clear best He's played, he's played 15 games. Burton's probably played, I think Burton's played about the same. Yeah. McGrath started well. You know, he hasn't been as influential. Since, yeah. Since. He probably hasn't been really influential in, without being rude to McGrath. I think he hasn't, like, torn a game apart or anything. He's no. playing across half-back. Real silky, makes good decisions and stuff. And bit he's like, played much like Essendon's played. Yeah, a bit like Burton as well. You know, yeah. Burton hasn't really pushed into the midfield. He's a half-backer. Yeah, if you listen to Gary Lyons, easiest spot to play mm. on the field is, you know, Power Pepper plays midfield grunt work with Ollie Wines. Yeah. And that's why I can see Port kind of getting up here because they've got the better inside mids. Wingards had it starting to come good after his injury layoff. Um, you know, their forwards are pretty dangerous in grey. Dixon, even though I think Melbourne's tools have their tools covered, um, but Dixon can come out and blow a game open. He's capable of that. Um, Hogan will be better for the run. You know, Watts, Viney and Tyson are, are maybe ins, according to Goodwin, on Monday night. So, again, how many ins they have. You know, I said the stat last week, you can't have more than four changes in one week or you should pretty much lose. Yeah. Um, Port, you know, pretenders have yet to be a top eight team. But, you know, maybe they'll... If they don't win this week, they'll come under some real media scrutiny unless a few coaches stuff up again from Collingwood and Gold Coast. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this game pans out. You know, Melbourne, like the Russian soldiers with handball, and outnumber their opponents. But Paul will be trying to make them force kick, you know, out of the stoppages, which where Paul have the outnumber. So it's going to be a great game, top four spot on the line. Not going to have a bet, probably going to just sit back and watch. Probably be unders, um, but, you know, it's a definitely a 50-50 game for me. Yep. Mine, I'm back and port in here. I've got them finishing in the top four, obviously, in my ladder prediction. Uh, this is the one where they have to kind of prove that they're not as pretend as everyone thinks they are. So beating Melbourne kind of says that. Bazism is the smoky Melbourne, the smoky for the premiership. So this will be a massive scalp in inverted commas. I don't rate Melbourne that much. They're undermanned at the moment. Paul get it done, G, and they pretend their way to top four. Uh, then we hop on the plane and head up north to Cairns. Uh, Kazali Stadium for the Bulldogs versus Gold Coast. Uh, a must win for the Bulldogs, but does the Kazali factor play a factor in this game? Gold Coast got two knee injuries, I think, and I lost May as well. Um, although Doggies did lose Stringer, mm-hmm. the package, and Tom Lynch did come out yesterday, I read, and said he's fed up with losing and they must start doing better he's sick of it has anyone told Tom Lynch to think about that maybe at round one of like the 2015 season uh, I don't know but you know he even brought up you know Ainsworth said you know from the first year players like Ainsworth to you know players have been around a long time like Gary himself they're just sick of it so I don't know what that's meant to mean but you know given what they dished up in the first quarter where the pressure was minimal we were going at 70, Collingwood going at 77% by foot, which is absurd for us. Like, Collingwood don't kick that well ever. Uh, Taylor Adams is lacing out blokes on the tit, and that doesn't happen either. 
Um, and then when the wet weather came, all of a sudden the game turned their way because they started applying the pressure. And it wasn't as cl- the game wasn't as clean. That and Gary Ablett is just a is a goat and just. Is he is he a smoking for the Brownlow this year? He's, he's, he's influenced a lot of games. Yeah. And he's played he's played very well. Like I know I know you usually have to be in a winning side or but on the winning side to win did a lot of points, but I feel like he's a bloke that has such a body of work that umps are looking from anywhere. I, I don't think he kicks as much at the moment. I, yeah. I don't have the stats back that I'm not I'm just going just off, field, off, yeah. off what from me watching him, he seems to be getting a lot of handballs yeah. out of stoppages, which you know, when he was at his best he was running away from packs kicking. Yeah. Um, getting the clearances himself although he did you know, have a ridiculous number of clearances I think on the weekend again so and he has throughout the year I think one of the games he had more clearances than anyone I think it might have been the North Melbourne game yeah. we had like 50 something 100 touches but um, yeah I can't say that if the dogs are serious about playing finals they need to win this and I know you know Gold Coast haven't got much to play for they've already got 25,000 picks in the top in the draft this year especially early they got lots of picks early so they don't need the tank, um, but I just can't see them beating the doggies. Yeah, no, good call here. Uh, no bets for me either. I do see the doggies winning, um, mostly just because I don't think the Suns have that that killer finish yet. Like I think winnings winnings a habit when it comes to this time of the year, and they don't have it. So they should have won against Collingwood. They they dragged themselves back into the game once it got wet. They took the lead and then they and then they just lost the momentum and gave it gave it to the gave it to the pies. So they couldn't be the pies against pies. Don't play well in the wet. We already know that because they're not great ball users. So if you can't beat the pies against when the odds are in your favour, it'd be very hard to beat them. Bit a team like the dogs who are a bit better than the pies still. So uh, no confidence and it could be one where you know Gary has sixty touches, kicks three goals, gets gets four Brownlow votes, um, but it probably won't be. He probably will have a great game, but they won't win. So no bets, but no confidence either. Uh, heading across the nighttime games, we've got Sydney versus St Kilda at the SCG. Here the Saints are making the charge, but obviously everyone has jumped off the uh, the St Kilda marching bandwagon. They're blown out to four dollars ten with a twenty eight point line. Any action here? Yeah, well, they followed Richmond's. Uh... The curse of the of the, the Eddie had drink bathwater maybe the water there is just contaminated or yeah. something because well, I thought you mentioned before Essendon the media's been talking him up all week so maybe North mm. yeah, North Jaguar because it's what's been happening the team gets talked up all week they drink the curse of the talk up the curse of the 3AW they drink their own bathwater and then I, I don't know how coaches and players like that happen these days but anyway it's it's just so, a disgusting habit, really. Like, yeah. Bathwater is gross. So. So, again, Sydney have been spoken about all week as well, so maybe... But Sydney are legit. They've won that many games in a row. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, and to be fair, Longmire, he was, he was very quick to cut it down in the press conferences. And they were talking about that to me, like, what's your, what's your theory to finals? And he's just like, mate, Rye Chuckle accepts he's going legitimately very well and just says, uh, focus is just on next week. End of conversation. So Longmire's a pro. The horse is a pro. Um, well, Sydney, Sydney yeah. have that club culture. Yeah, they have yeah. got good leaders, good staff, good book, good you know football department. They're not going good boot bootstutters. Yeah, like, everything works. about Sydney is professional, um, and they wouldn't let that happen. But it's going to be interesting because you know Saints just move the ball ballistically like so quickly. Like even last week, just. A bloke would take a mark, there'd be four Essendon blokes around him, and you just handball it backwards to a bloke standing still, just move, move, move. 
no stoppages. Um, and but at Sydney, who you know don't usually win stoppages and got get, being scored against heavily lately. It's like I think GWS scored most of their points from stoppages last week. Um, so there'll be two opposing styles, and I think Sydney are just too good. Like they have. Rewalt didn't move that well last week and he tends to not travel when secure travel. So it wouldn't be surprised if he's out, but then again, memory is also out suspended. So whether they risk that, um, yeah, Sydney will have the tight spaces, SCG, you know, secure have got themselves up for games like this this year, like JWS and Richmond, but whether they can do that again, it'll be a good contest. Um, both teams in the bottom five for converting in front of goal, with secure being the worst. So again, I think under's here for the game because both teams can't kick straight. It'll just be a good game, but I think Sydney are just too good and probably win by, you know, 20 to 39. I don't think they'll smash them out of the water, but but although St Kilda have been getting beaten by decent teams who like to contest ball. Yeah, definitely. So against teams that are kind of hard and heavy inside teams, you look at your Sydney's Bulldogs, Adelaide. Uh, Early in the year, they lost to Sydney by 50 points and Eddie had, so that was home. Uh, they played Etihad again the next week and lost by 40 to the Bulldogs. And they travelled to Adelaide and lost by 57, only scoring 54. Uh, St Kilda have travelled really poorly this year. As you said, like, Rebot doesn't often travel with them. Um, and when it comes to it, if it's Bruce Phoebus, Bruce Free versus the Bruises, the Bruises will always win. So I'm back in Sydney to win, and the Unders will be a pretty safe bet. I don't reckon, I don't reckon St Kilda kicks more than 70 points in this game. So. Yeah, I don't think teams have been scoring... A lot against Sydney, and like Melbourne scored fifty odd. Yeah. Doggies, was it Doggies? No, someone else. Sorry, they scored fifty odd. Um, no doggies, yeah. There's doggies, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think what Jerry scored, you know, seventy or eighty as well. Yeah. So they keep teams pretty low scores, and they don't score a lot themselves. So um, it'll be interesting to see, like you know, like some, they, they, they played Mills and Henny behind the ball a bit last week, and it worked really well for them to slingshot the ball out. But like I said, the only thing I can see is they get beat the stoppages and St Kilda keeps scoring. But um, yeah, I just don't think Saints win. No, not at all. The other Saturday night game, another interesting matchup: uh, Fremantle versus Hawthorne over at Domain. Now this one kind of challenges the paradigm that casual punters will rely on as a crutch. So obviously they'll say, "Oh, Hawthorne had a couple of tough games, GWS, Geelong." A um, couple of tough losses, so that their form coming out and they have to go west. That's all bullshit for nine. Hawthorne's a better team on paper. They could play. They could play Freeman on the moon and probably beat them at this stage. So, I'm back in Hawthorne. But what do you see in this one? Yeah, same. Same. Well, I think a couple weeks ago, people got the tipping wrong with Freo and North and West Coast Port, just because West Coast and North were playing at home. When you look at it, the better teams one mm. and one away and that's you know I think it's the same here like Ferro were disgusting last week like their kicking field kicking kick shots on goal was no good the game wasn't great either like from West Coast as well and Hawthorne have been so good they beat Adelaide they beat Sydney uh, they got within a kick of Geelong they drew against GWS they've been playing really good footy I just don't think that changes. Going away probably doesn't doesn't affect them at all. They're still good enough leaders. I know Cam McCarthy comes back for first, so it might help them up forward, but Hawthorne are the better team and they should still win this. Definitely. I'm going for yeah, Hawthorne and the over. The total's under over is 166. 
and against comparable teams, the Hawks are kicking 90 to 100 points. So unless Freo replicates and kicks, you know, a thousand behinds to one goal and really, really throws out of the whack, uh, Hawks and the Overs will give you some pretty decent value. Um, and these are the kind of games that, that Clarko can to, can tell his developing squad to be like, we win this, this actually really proves something of our season. We went west, we went away, people don't expect us to do that. And it means he can continue to do what he did after the um, 2008 grand final and rebuild with continued success. So I think this is something that Clarko will look to use as a, as a building block for next year and a really important game for the Hawks. And the Dockers, yeah, there's a chance they can play finals, but realistically they're not going to do it. So... Yeah, Hawks are mine. Going into Sunday, another really big game in terms of funnels at both ends of the uh, at both the top four and the and the uh, top eight. We've got Richmond versus GWS at the MCG. Why is it the MCG? I don't know. Starts at one ten. There's gonna be no one there because you're sleeping for brunch. But anyway, it's GWS, mate. Getting them ready for the finals. That's right. There's a, we have a conspiracy theory here at uh, what are the odds that the AFL really, really want uh, GWS to win a grand final, which probably makes sense. You know, you put that much money into a into a club, you want them to have a bit of success and grow their membership and grow the game in Western Sydney. Uh, so you will see that wherever GWS play in Melbourne, they'll be playing at the G to get them finals ready. So that's why a one ten game. Uh, is being played at the MCG but anyway and if they play Geelong in the finals it'll be at the MCG it'll be at won't be at Simmons and if they play Fremantle in the finals it'll be at the MCG because oh, it's, it's cooked <laughs> if Geelong play Fremantle or anyone else in, in finals it'll be down at Skip no man GWS played Fremantle in the finals oh yes yes that's played at the MCG, MCG. it's halfway come on guys we're yeah. halfway yeah. anyway what's the action here do you reckon oh Richmond obviously need the wings if, if they they can seriously get not finishing it. I know you're going to shoot me down. Like I said before, hating Richmond moment. But, you know, they can seriously not make the eight still. I can also make the four. Exactly. So this is a big game. And it is for GOS as well because they're starting to get written off a bit. Like, you know, last week they probably had, they've still probably got 28 players to choose from now where, you know, they've got the couple back. Um, whether Cameron is the big one, whether Jeremy Cameron plays because last week their four line looked dysfunctional without him in it and unless they took a big mark a big pack mark by Loeb or or Patton they didn't really look dangerous going forward except some freaky goals from Toby Green and Stevie J and their forward pressure was non-existent and even around the ground like they seem to play in, in spurts and they've been put on the microscope a bit this, this week and by the media and I mean they have most of the year as well I suppose but just, they just rely so much on their talent and they've got no no grunt I think they just lack that work ethic sometimes and I don't know whether it's because they're still young or they know that they've got that much talent they can still get over the line but you know Richmond have had a bit of arrogance about them I think the last couple of weeks since they um, they beat Port you know Harvey came out and spoke about how much better they can get they then got smashed by St Kilda and then last week with some of their selections playing you know, Nan Kerbis you know centre forward and picking Soldo and playing Cochran for large periods of game at full forward and stuff like that it just just reeks with a bit of arrogance from, from Richmond and just hope they haven't played themselves into a position where they think they're ahead of where they actually are so I'm still going to go GWS just in the pure flag talent and the hate Richmond moment but um <laughs> Yeah, you know, again, this could really go either way. So if you look at, at games since they last played each other, so 
Giants, Richmond at Spotless, round nine, 78 to 75. From there, the Giants scraped a win against the Eagles. Oh, yeah, at Domain by eight points. They only beat Essendon by 16. They lost to Carlton. They had the bye. They pants Brisbane. That doesn't count. And they drew to Geelong. They drew to Hawthorne. They lost to Sydney. I think, I really do think against, those are tough teams. So Geelong, Hawthorne, Sydney, tough, like structured inside teams that play a similar, well, they play the style that Richmond wants to play and try and replicate. If Richmond does that, they have the game plan. They have good enough players. Like Dusty is a player that no one wants to play against. Cotton's kind of his skin this year. They've got some small forwards that can kick some goals. If this game stays under 80 points each, then I reckon Richmond win. Um, and yeah, GWS, they're running out of players and they've, they've come out in the media this week and said, like, we don't play tough footy. Like, they've admitted that they, they're a bit soft on the ball. So things like that, can't. I don't think you can change your attitude to the game style that quickly. And they obviously haven't done it since the buy. So I reckon this is a game where I'd be leaning to Richmond um, and, and yeah, maybe unders, but the over-unders is at 162, which is pretty much spot on. 80 points each is about right. So just Richmond head-to-head for mine, and it will play out much like the Round 9 game did. Not not great TV footy, but great live-watching footy and, and, and great footy for the for the footy purists, people that like a bit of grunt and a bit of, you know, head-over-the-ball type stuff. Heading across now to the Collingwood West Coast game, where either the Pretenders Cup will be taken back to the West or the Hasbeens Cup will be taken back to our holding centre. Do you have faith in your team to win a game that they should, considering that West Coast are the second biggest Pretenders in the league? And they're travelling to Melbourne? Well, I can't... I think it's been 10 weeks in a row that I've either tipped with or against West Coast and never got it right. So you're tipping West Coast, hoping that Kyle would win. Exactly. Um, But surely, you know... We're missing Penelbury. Um, I'm really hoping that Buckley picks Rupert Wills. Yeah. Uh, he's, I reckon he's going to be a good player for us. We've picked up. Um, and, look, this game just means so much more to the West Coast. Like, if they don't win this, then, you know, they play, I think, three of the last five games in Melbourne, which, you know, doesn't bode well for West Coast. We know what their record's like. Um, and I think they've got some toughish games as well. So if they don't win this, then... They might look kiss their season goodbye. Um, but Collingwood, you know, I think the players love Bucks and just, the skill errors and, and decision-making lets them down, and that's not Buckley's fault. It's just the list we've got at the moment. We haven't been beaten by much all year except for against Essendon. We've been in games, and games could have gone 50-50 either way if we hadn't have been a bit uh, stupid with our decisions or kicking so poorly. So I just... I feel like that we could win this, but I was tipping West Coast just on the fact that they need to win probably more than what we do. Yeah. So in true Collingwood 2017 fashion, they actually match up very well against West Coast and beat them in most key indicators. Um, yeah. So the stats say Collingwood. I say Collingwood. Two dollars twenty-five. I think is 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 value there. They should be dollar ninety each way. Um, West Coast travelling have been poor. Um, 
yeah, they were unconvincing against Fremantle last week. And as much as you say Collingwood doesn't have that much to play for and they love Bucks, like at the end of the day, if they do love Bucks, they're playing for Bucks' career. Not because Bucks deserves to get fired if you don't make finals, you don't finish the season off strongly, but just because Collingwood's a big market team and they need to be seen to make a statement and they have a history of making rash decisions, whether it's with players, whether it's with um, football staff, that the the churn is real in that in that club. So I need to start winning some games for, for Bucks' sake. And if they love if the players love Bucks as much as they say they do, um, they may find something extra. Not that I bind to that too much, but in terms of uh, you know a must-win game, it's pretty even for both clubs. So I'm leaning two dollars twenty-five head-to-head for Collingwood, um, and that should be you know a happy happy Baz, even though it's a wrong tip. Yeah, well, I'd be happy just to win two in a row for Collingwood. <laughs> it was good good from never win last week after. Remember, I can't even remember the last time we won a game. So it was before, since before the bye. It was. It was since before football even began. I mean, yeah. Long time ago. And I listened to you, Richmond supporter, <laughs> off and about again. Here we go. And around at the weekend, we've got Brisbane versus Carlton in the uh, Draft Picks Cup uh, up at the Gabba in the Twilight 440 game. Any action going on here, Bats? Well, I think it's similar to the Hawthorne Fur game. You look at it and you go, Carlton have the better list. They've been playing better footy. The only concern I have is Carlton just lack winning, like kicking a winning score at the moment. They just don't have the avenues forward to kick lots of goals, but they don't get scored against a lot either. So I think it's gonna be a tight game. Brisbane have been scoring pretty well. I think they've been you know, averaging over 80 points there, here or there since um, the buy. And they do have some good forwards, but they just don't take a mark inside 50 and. Jones has been playing pretty well. Weedering's been down back there as well. I think Savani hurt his knee again, so he probably won't play. But you still got Doherty, Simpson, Murphy, Gibbs, Kerno down forward's been playing pretty well. Brisbane's young back line, like Harris Andrews, has been doing pretty well. And you know the, the guy that won the um, Rising Star nomination this week he can kick a footy. Certainly can. But I just don't. I still think they're a bit too young, a bit inexperienced. Carlton are well drilled everything's going right for them at the moment um, it just worries me about the winning score thing but I still think they can do enough to win this game but unders the the total points is 182 and I'm sorry but that's Carlton, way too high Carlton don't let teams score against them doesn't matter who it is like you've seen against JWS even Adelaide yeah you know they just don't let scores uh, teams score against them and even though they struggle themselves that line is ridiculous yeah definitely so I've got Carlton and Unders um, and again much like Hawthorne this will be a game that uh, Bolton says to his squad like this is the one we can we can build upon this will be a huge win for our fans this is the game where if you're a Carlton fan you go yeah we could probably we should win this and by winning the games that you in a comedy should win it gives you those building blocks for the seasons to come so yeah, definitely Carlton Unders for me um, and travel shouldn't be a factor. We shouldn't get caught on that again. So that's a good way to round out. Well, not a good way to round out the weekend. It might be a pretty pretty hard game to watch, but it'll be a, a good one if you get some money from it. One doing the rounds this week is whether Carlton have done enough this year. That, like they've only won five games. Yeah. I probably don't see them another chance to win a game other than this week, rest of the year. There's six wins... Positive, have they done enough to say they're moving forward, Carlton? You reckon? I think so, just in the way that they're they've they've, they've built players and they've built, I think they've progressed in their game style. I guess it's very defensive, yeah, but at least it's deliberate. Like, yeah, I feel like they've they've actually set some structures in place, yeah, and they're playing, 
yeah, they're playing us. They seem to be even the way that they present themselves to the public. They've made it clear that they're on a like they're on a journey. They literally made a doco called the journey. Like yeah. they're not they're not they're not doing it in Collingwood and saying we're going to make finals when they clearly weren't going to make finals. Yeah, and they're not doing it in Richmond saying we're going to make the top two when they're clearly not going to make the top two. Yeah, like they, they know where they're at. And they're building upon it. I think, so. I think they've got their football department right. The assistants helping out Bolton. Bolton's obviously very set in his ways and very clear which is funny you don't you think he'd be like that from what you saw what he did at Hawthorne exactly and but I think they are definitely on the right path and it's it's Carlton which just pisses me off but no definitely even though they only have five or six wins this year they're still definitely yeah. on the right path So that brings us to our featured bets for the weekend, and I reckon we'll go trackside because we've had some uh, listener feedback, and everyone's very impressed with your trackside form recently. Getting some uh, massive shoutouts from our, from our listeners. So, Baz, what's happening around the uh, the tracks this weekend? Well, that's where I'm going for my best bet, just due to the fact that footy looks pretty tough this week. And race seven at Flemington, uh, number four, Kilimanjaro. So it's had uh, one start in Australia and it finished third behind Bullish Stock, who I've tipped before. And since that race, Bullish Stock ran pretty well, ran a third after that and then ran pretty well again. The start after Zorkin also after that race came out and won. Um, steps up to a more suitable distance. You know, it's raced in the UK and Ireland, you know, in much stronger races than this in the Epsom Derby and Irish Derby. Um, it ran on really well in its first start in Australia um, from from well back as well. So you know, it finished off down the outside really well. It was held up at the 600. Um, you know, I think step up the distance, Flemington really suits most of Hickmont's horses because he likes to let them settle you know, back in the field a bit and run on late. Um, there's pace in the race. A lot of the horses in the race don't have a lot of upside. Um, you know, most of them have been around for a while and had a few starts, you know, most of them over 30 or 30 mark starts and, you know, they're generally plotters this time of year and I think Kilimanjaro has a lot of upside. I think once this race is done, I probably won't see it again until the spring. $3.40 you should get, definitely wins. And number nine, Master Zephyr, I reckon you definitely want to have a Dewey, Cornella, maybe a bit of a few other exotics around Master Zephyr because... I think that's looking like it's due to run a decent race ticket as well, around $18 mark. Nice. Um, my multi for the weekend, I've gone the unders in three AFL games. That's right, he's gone the Gordo approach, the unders, which is a much safer bet this time of year. Obviously, as we mentioned, we spent a lot of time looking at styles and different game types. And yeah, that's we've always got a huge bank of... Um, stats and, and form to make those decisions on. Whereas this will be, we get to be 50-50 games, injuries, travel, all that playing in obscuring lines. It's quite hard to find kind of good odds head-to-head or against the line. But for this, you can go, oh yeah, X team, Y team, that'll be an unders game, which I think you've done here. Yeah, definitely. Look, it's probably the best way to bet at the moment um, in, in AFL with so many games being so tight and this round being tight. And you know, you, you back a play to get three touches and danger field last week goes down with injury, so you might want to keep away from that. But I've taken Richmond, uh, JWS under, Brisbane Carlton under, Sydney St Kilda under, 
and that gets you six dollars eighty five. They're all a dollar ninety. So um, that's my multi for the for the week. Uh, my best value is a two year old race over eight hundred. They don't generally step out this sort of distance as a two year old. Uh, most of them have only had two or three starts. One start. There's a dollar fifty five favorite in the race, but I've gone value and it's at 15s at the moment it's one of my favourite trainers Shay Eden her horse or his horses sorry generally uh, race up on the pace it's raced three times at 1600 so we know I know it's going to get the distance as a lot of these are stepping up from 12 1400 metres you know I think only one of them's raced at above 1400 so as a two year old it's pretty tough for these sort of horses to get over this sort of ground um, again, it's an on pacer, so it makes its own luck. It'll be in the finish, hopefully, and it'll probably and on the day, you might get around 20 because the money will keep coming for the Hayes Dominic uh, St. Vedus, Vedus, however you want to say it. It's about $6, and money will keep coming for uh, DK Weir's horse, Anchor Bid, with Williams on board. Um, but yeah, I just think Leicester Rock, Rocket, number eight in race three, is definite value. There we go. So set the alarm for that race, get some 20 odds and uh, some half-time action, which is really good. Uh, heading across now also, in terms of alternate sports, we've got the Open Championships in England for the golf. And I've picked out three, and I know that Baz has got an absolute value uh, maximum bet. Not quite a roughie because he reckons he's got a bit of an inside word on him. But my short list is uh, Jordan Spaeth, 13s. He's the favourite going in. Um, very hardcore, so that's why the odds are a bit skewed, which makes it good for us. Um, he's a classy, classy golfer, obviously, everyone knows that, but he's had a bit of rough form recently. Um, on holding, holding his tail in the opposite form, Ricky Fowler, not as good like in pure class terms as Jordan Spaeth, but he's in red-hot form coming into this, and I think he's the, he's the people's favourite at $17. And then the best Aussie will be Adam Scott at $26. And you can also find him at $4 for the first-placed first placed Aussie. So he'd be my roughy pick, but he definitely, he definitely should make the cut. Um, but, yeah, might be a tough one, but maybe, yeah, stake it out correctly and you might uh, have a good reason to get up early and watch the, uh, watch the golf. But who is your hot take pick for the golf, Baz? Well, shout the bar is uh, Bill Haas. Billy Haas. Now, he's 126 to 1. That's a lot. 126 bucks to win. But you can get $5 for a top 20 finish and $10 for a top 10 finish. Now, he finished in the top 10 last year in the same tournament. He finished top 5 in the US Open. He's a good ball striker. Uh, and he, he plays the ball really well. So, apparently, the, the, the Birkdale is a tough course. It's mental. And if you're in a, so, if you're an above-average ball striker, which word has it Haas is yeah. and he's consistent he, it should should favour him a bit so a mate of mine who's into golf just told me you know get on Haas top 20 money for jam sort of thing yeah so I've gone all three you know, you know it's Jag one 126 to one but you know it's it's out there and as you know you want to shout the bar and you want to tell people how good you are at picking 126 to one I won't give my mate any credit if it gets up but I'll take it but if it, you know, also like Sergio Garcia, I think he's been underplayed a bit this tournament for this tournament. He's probably a good chance at 19s. And my favourite Aussie is Mark Leishman at 46s. Again, you can get probably five, ten dollars, well, probably a bit less, three to fifty, top twenty, around probably seven or eight for top ten 
for Leishman and Sergio, will he'll definitely finish top 20. And I reckon he'll go close to winning as well. So that's my open sort of spread as you there will. we go yeah the open championship is very open indeed but yeah this is this is one type of tournament in golf where you can take a bit of a shotgun approach and kind of come up anyway and it gives you an excuse to uh put the golf on the telly at the share house so that should be fun for your uh, housemates <laughs> and to round out the weekend i've got my multi it's also a bit of a rant it's for the super rugby you may not have realized because literally no one cares it seems that the super rugby is reaching its penultimate stages uh, we've got the first round of finals this weekend in in the world's most diabolical ranking system. So uh, we've got teams that have uh, placed fourth with six wins, but teams that have placed seventh with 11 wins. Um, legitimately, every New Zealand team had more wins than the top-placed Australian team, but the Australian team still made finals. Uh, the same thing applies to the Sharks um, and the South African teams. So... A lot of weird things going on in terms of how they how they're classified and who they play throughout the season, all that kind of stuff, which makes it money for jam in terms of our multi. So where we going? Where we see it is uh, Hurricanes to win, Crusaders to win, Lions to win, and Chiefs to win. We'll give you three bucks. That will be the safe and cover bet. And then to really up the ante and heading towards into that chat the bar territory. Uh, Hurricanes to win at the line of minus 13. Crusaders to cover six points. Lions to cover 15. And Chiefs to cover four will pay you $13.30. Stake it outright. You won't lose any money on it. Hopefully make a lot. And uh, hopefully next year we'll be axe a few of the uh, crappy super rugby teams and get back to uh, the good rugby union of old because it's a pretty good sport when it's played well, but it's pretty hard to watch when it's, when it's a blowout. So that's the way I'm ending my weekend. And uh, hopefully have a win. Make a stack up.